And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m., Monday mornings at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at richarddugan.com, as well as podcasting at uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a whole lot of others that folks are linking us to, which we are very grateful for. And uh, to that end, if you'd like to uh, help us out and support us financially, we would be gratefully appreciative of that. And whatever you can do, we have a PayPal account and Patreon account so that it's secure and you can uh, trust that. Uh, I use PayPal as the middleman for a lot of things that uh, a lot of transactions I do online so that I have that wonderful little so to speak, electronic paper trail. Uh, But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have supported, and thank you, thank you, thank you for those who will. And if you can only just send us good thoughts and energies and prayers, we greatly appreciate that as well. Our program today is going to uh, take take on a a global context. You know, it's often that uh, you hear uh, someone asking the question, what is it that you want to do? And someone might, I want to... I want to save the world. I want to change the world. I want to make the world a better place. And it seems awfully monumental. Um, But it isn't as monumental as you might think, because once you start, it's kind of hard to stop uh, because you kind of get into that uh, that mode and feeling and so forth. Well, today uh, we're going to find out how to best do that with our guest, who's the author of Earth Speaks Up, Dynamic new perspective on earth and your role here and what you can do to help. Uh, Or there are some who say the earth doesn't need any help. Uh, She will take care of herself just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Well, we're going to find out about that with our guest, who I'm very grateful to have on our program today. Mary McNerney, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Richard, it's my pleasure to join you, and I'm so happy to have the opportunity to share um, some of the information in this book with you and your listeners. Um, it's important information for for all of us to um, become aware of our, our planet in an entirely new way. Well, there there are a couple of things I want to touch on before we, we dive deeply into this. And uh, by the way, speaking of deeply, I was watching a, 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 a 60 Minutes piece just the other mo- a night uh, having to do with... Uh, um, a place in Ethiopia where they, they, they dig for gold, and they've already gone more than two miles underground. Two miles! I would have thought they would have hit the Earth's crust by now, you know, and, and uh-oh, here comes the magma, we better run. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that is is rather interesting to me, and I'm neither, uh, inf- I'm neither a, a proponent or opponent of, of the whole climate change and that whole thing, Matter of fact, uh, to avoid the entire argument over the science, I say I don't care about the science. I don't care about climate change. What I do care about is taking care of our home. Even if there were no climate change, even if things were hunky-dory status quo since I was a kid growing up in the neighborhoods of Phoenix, Arizona, where we would get the regular winter storms coming from the Pacific across California into the southwest and on to the east, and that was a regular occurrence. That's the way it was when I was a kid growing up. That, that was the flow. 
even if that was still happening, I would still say the same thing. We need to clean up our mess. It doesn't have anything to do with climate change from my perspective. It doesn't have anything to do with anything other than cleaning our place. And if it doesn't matter, then why does anybody clean their home vacuum and do the dishes and do the laundry and all of those kinds of things? Because if it doesn't matter, I'm going to bring my garbage to your front yard and dump it because it doesn't matter. And I'm going to use your front living room as my latrine because it doesn't matter. And it does matter because this is our home. Mm -hmm. So um, there are aspects of this. Earth speaks up. I've noticed, and I want you to touch on this if you would, that nature, in this case, obviously the earth and and all its creatures uh, aside from man, are the, in my perspective, are the greatest teacher we could Mm. ever have. Your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that statement, Richard. Nature is the greatest teacher we could ever have. You put it so well. And in essence, that's what this book is. Nature seeking to teach us, Um, seeking to bring humanity into a new connection with nature, with the planet, with the world seeking to teach us to see everything differently, see our world differently, and work together with nature and the earth differently than what we've ever known before. What has put you on this particular path uh, that that you feel so strongly in this regard? Um, because uh, obviously you... You obviously are in tune. I, I love some of the photographs on your website as well, um, uh, especially the one there with the horse, you and the horse. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're, they're, they are the most magnificent creatures. I love watching them run. It's just incredible, not just the power, but when when these horses that are running and they have that beautiful shiny coat and, and you see those muscles rippling. And I don't know what it is about that, but it's just something incredible. But but. Tell me about your connection. How did you get connected in this way with nature uh, that you felt compelled to write Earth Speaks Up? Well, I like sharing that story with people, Richard, because it gives perspective on where this book came from, and it also gives perspective on who we each are individually. Um, and how this book came about, I... I followed a pretty traditional path. Well, I grew up on a farm in Ohio, so I always had an affinity for, for nature, I guess, and spent a lot of time with horses, too. And, um, but I followed the traditional path. I went off to college, and then I went on to law school and um, had a career as a corporate lawyer. Um, um, pretty well ensconced for many years in um, you know, the mundane business world of drafting contracts, negotiating contracts, managing business logistics. And um, the, the usual, what is it, uh, left brain? Is that the logical realm, the logical, so. rational realm? I think so, yeah. That, yeah, that part of um, well, and then, um And then I was um, home one day, uh, probably it was a weekend free from work, and, um, and I was enjoying my free day. It was a beautiful day outside thinking um, and looking out. Think, oh, what am I going to do today? Thinking I'd grab my husband and our dog, go for a walk in the woods, or take one of the horses out for a ride. And um, as I was looking out the window, ruminating on my options, 
I um I just happened to say out loud to n- no one in particular because I was the only one in the room. Said out loud to myself, "Oh, what shall I do today?" And then I heard distinctly and profoundly, "Take dictation from the earth." And I knew right away this was the angelic realm because there was no one else in the room. And um, I was pretty surprised, as everyone else would be. And um, I just that that thought for months. And then I thought, that's that's something quite profound, but certainly for the more illustrious spiritual people of our time, not for me. I don't even know what that means. But how? And so I, I pretty much put the idea in the back of my mind and forgot about it. It was just so kind of beyond my conceptualization until about six months later, and I heard the same thing, take dictation from the earth. And I had no idea what this meant, but I figured, well, I'll give it a try. I took a pen and paper and went out and sat on the edge of our backyard and the woods and just sat there, okay. And then, Richard, all of a sudden, the words started coming, the dictation started coming. Um, and it was hard initially for my pen and my hand and my mind to keep up with it. And this continued over the ensuing months and years. And what came forth was this book. And it was um, the voice of our Earth. It was our planet Earth, and I was shown she is a conscious, sentient, and communicating being. The earth is much more than we, than we know it to be. And I was also um, uh, supporting her in this, um, conveying this information, was a, um, uh, some um, from the angelic realm, members of the angelic realm, who were, came across to me as very um, sort of wise professors. Um, joining in support, and that's what this book is. It's not information from my logical intellect. It is information from our multidimensional world. And this, and I like sharing this story because I want people to see that this is, I'm no different from you or, or anyone else in the world. I have a traditional logical career, everyday existence. I'm not a spiritual guru, but I realize we each have this innate capability to attune to our multidimensional world in a wider way. And this book gives us sort of the wisdom, guidance, and tools to begin to expand our horizons and expand our understanding of nature and expand our understanding of who we really are as individuals. Well, I know that we need that, and we need it, I want to say desperately, but I'd like to hold out hope that we're not in a desperate situation, uh, as the science might tell us, uh, that uh, maybe we're at, if not already uh, gone over the tipping point, as some people would say. Uh, And uh, quite honestly, that um, I made the comment at the front end of the program that the Earth doesn't need our help. The Earth will take care of itself from the standpoint that if it gets to a certain point, um, because if you if you start really analyzing it from a biological standpoint, it has all of the systems that you and I as human beings have. Uh, it'll slough us off. It'll take care mm-hmm. of it. It has its own immune system, mm-hmm. antibodies that will take care of whatever ails it. 
and it's large enough to do that. So it doesn't need our help. But at the same time, you know, we talk about raising our consciousness. We talk about mm-hmm. waking up or awakening mm-hmm. uh, to a new way of thinking and living and so forth. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, uh, for example, my wife and I, around Thanksgiving 2019, we, we had to happen to purchase a travel trailer. And, of course, you know, if you take a look at how that thing was manufactured and you go through that whole long, drawn-out process. And, of course, we also have a truck to pull it. Well, you mm-hmm. need fuel to drive that thing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have to pump it into the tank and, of course, it burns and what have you. And you sit here thinking, well, wait a minute. How is that uh, really helping the planet? Because you're really polluting by mm-hmm. doing this and that and the other things. Well, but at the same time, we are also having the opportunity to get out into nature, get away from the rest of the world to reconnect ourselves, our mm-hmm. humanness, right? Mm-hmm. And that helps us in the process to begin to listen to the earth, right? Yeah, and I I see your point that we have the perception being out in nature helps us listen to the earth. And that's exactly what most of us experience. We feel connected to the earth when we get out in nature. But what this book shows us is that we can connect and attune to Earth from wherever we are. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives us the guidance to do that. And in conjunction with that, I'd say, I, I recognize your point when you say the Earth doesn't need us. She can fluff us off if, we get, if humanity gets to be too much. Um, but in another way, what this book comes forth from here is, is that she does need us. The Earth is a, is a very loving planetary being. That's why all of this wonderful, beautiful bounty of nature is brought forth. And what she needs now is for us to learn to work together with her, and to co-create with her as we, as we work to support, for the support and healing of the planet, it also supports and heals us and all of nature and brings us back into balance. Mm-hmm. And that's what the earth needs from us now to help work together with her to bring things back into balance. Humanity has skewed the balance of nature. We're all very much aware of that. Mm-hmm. Has skewed the balance. By the way, we've kind of run roughshod over the planet. And the earth is giving us and showing us a way to help bring us back into a continuum of balance and health and healing together with her. Mm. And to do this, it shows us, the book gives us specific guidance and exercises where we begin to work on the creative, energetic level. We as humanity are all focused on our three-dimensional world, everything we see and can touch and and feel. But our world is much more expansive than that. It's multidimensional. And working on the energetic level is what brings forth the physical. We all know the, the, um, the principle, thought precedes form. Thought mm-hmm. is energy, creative force, energy, and that precedes the physical. And so when we begin to learn to work on the energetic level, we can bring forth profound change and healing in our physical world. And this is the new frontier, which humanity is and now being invited to explore. We've explored frontiers forever. I mean, 
Columbus and all those explorers explored the world, and then we went and explored the moon and outer space. Now we're being invited to explore this new frontier of the and the multidimensional energetic level of the world around us. My guest is Mary McNerney, and she is an, uh, the author of uh, Earth Speaks Up, Dynamic New Perspective on Earth and Your Role in It. Uh, you, at one time, and I, I, maybe you're still, you still are, were an attorney. Speaking mm-hmm. of the logical mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and one of the fascinating things that I find, uh, especially when thinking about qu- the law, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is... The juxtaposition that people have when it comes to the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law, regardless of what the law is. Uh, And there are some laws which, uh, at least uh, according to, and I can't remember where this is written, but they say, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse, so it doesn't matter whether you know um, you know, that this is illegal or not, it's irrelevant. If you violated that law, you violated that law. And nature also has its own laws. Uh, and I watch, for example, I watch uh, the, the animals. And um, I, I, li- I love to put this out there, and that is, if you can tell me, is there any species on the planet, aside from man, any species on the planet that stores up goods, food, whatever, supplies for more than one season. I don't know of any of any mm. species on the planet that stores up for more than a season. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. I'm yeah. not either. I don't know of any that stores up. I mean, I, I of course my one example I always bring up is the squirrel and the squirrel mm-hmm. gathers nuts in the spring, fall, uh, spring, uh, summer, and fall, so that he can make and uh, they can uh, the animals can make it through uh, the winter months because mm-hmm. it's going to be tough to find nuts and what have you in the snow, in the cold. Mm-hmm. And then you know that supply runs out, and spring comes around, and we do it all again. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that that for human beings is a, is is practical, although I don't know, maybe it is. But I have to say, someone made an interesting observation to me, uh, Mary. Uh, <laughs> take a look at all of the other species on the planet. And um, aside from a set aside man, once again, mm-hmm. do you see polar bears at the equator? Do you see iguanas mm-hmm. at the poles? No, you do not. Mm-hmm. Because interesting they, point. Mm-hmm. And the, because they are in the environment and they have the the clothing, if you will, and the facilities, the the infrastructure, shall we say, to maintain their lives and the lives of their their uh, lineage, if you will. Mm-hmm. Man is the only one who has to adapt to any of the environments. And this was the comment that was made to me. And to that end, what that tells me, this person shared with me, man is not indigenous to this planet. Now I realize that's going off in a whole nother, a whole nother direction, mm-hmm. but it is, I'm sure you're familiar with many of the, the theories and or myths about how humankind has been through what is it five extinction events, and mm-hmm. we're now headed mm-hmm. towards the fifth. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and in in tying in with that is that now when you think about it in that larger context of the, all these extinction events from Lemuria, Atlantis, all those sorts of things, um, and now here we are now um, with our understanding of the world. And when you step back and look at our society and, and the um, evolution of our society and our understanding of our role on the planet, it's always been a series of awakenings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like eons ago, we perceived the world as flat. That was our reality. That was our truth. Um, until explorers showed us otherwise, the world is round. And then our understanding of the planet changed. And then we believed that the Earth was the center of the universe. Um, that was a reality. That was our truth, until astronomers showed us otherwise. And again, we believed that um, Earth was um, static and stationary until and immobile until science showed us, no, the Earth rotates on an axis. It moves. And today, we continue to believe the Earth is an inert ball of dirt and rock. But now we're at this next nexus of change in our understanding. Now we are being shown the Earth is a conscious, sentient, and communicating being and is eager to engage with each one of us. And we're also being shown through this book that we each have a major role to play in the health and well-being of our planet. And so this is, we're now at the next, another stage of awakening in our evolutions. And we are being invited to um, work with our planet in an entirely new way. So we bring it ourselves into balance with her. And so we don't go through, as you talked about, Richard, those series of mass extinctions that have predated our society. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being offered a new opportunity to engage with our planet. And that's what Earth Speaks Up shows us. It gives us the wisdom, guidance, and tools to begin to work together with her in, in this new way um, and to attune to her and work at the energetic level. And the book contains um, a a number of simple exercises that teach each one of us how to do this. Like you and I can chat about it forever, but it doesn't really show anyone, well, how do I begin to create this new relationship? Um, But that's the wonderful thing, the guidance that was given in this book provides simple exercises for us to Start to learn how to do this. And it's, um, it's wonderful that um, um, there's simple things we can each do um, during the day. We don't have to go out into nature, and um, we can do it from our home or from our office or, you know, just um, that take a few minutes a day to include into our, our routine. And because we're working on the, the energetic level, when we do it, it has a ripple effect. It can have a profound ripple effect um, as we shift and change the energy that shifts and change our, phys- our physical. Um, and I just want to um, share with this, you, this um, quote from the book. I love sharing this one because mm-hmm. um, it helps um, give us some perspective. Um, when, the, when, this, 
when these exercises were dictated to me, they were so simple. And I thought, this is far too simple. I've got to be missing something. Um, and um, then it was, and then I was told, um, yes, simple exercises, simple experiences are often the best and more, more profound. The way your society, the way your social realms have evolved recently, you seem to believe that complexity is necessary. Mm. That is a fact. Mm -hmm. Seem to believe that complexity is necessary. We would urge you to revise that thinking, for such a belief is erroneous. Mm. And then what is shared with us throughout the book is these wonderful principles and guidance showing us how to begin working with Earth in this new way. It's it's extraordinary. Earth Speaks Up is the title of the book where you're going to find out more. You're going to learn to attune to Earth's voice and vibration, connect to the beneficial energy and wisdom, which is Earth's essence. You're going to gain insights on Earth and the sacred feminine, uh, the deeper meaning of the solstice, as well as uh, the creative energy within rock formations and many other aspects of who Earth fully is. You'll understand more about what global warming is, what is driven, what is driving our weather patterns and how you can initiate uh, initiate change and learn a dynamic new pathway for co-creating a in a partnership with the earth and the angelic uh, realm. One of the things that I am hearing an awful lot of these days uh, and this still goes to my point of let's just clean the place up, is this attitude on the part of North Americans, not Canadians, <laughs> uh, not Mexicans, North Americans, the United States from sea to shining sea. Why should we be doing anything? The rest of the world isn't doing a thing. They're not doing their part and we're, on, and we're the only ones doing anything. To which I say, so what you're telling me is that unless other people do the right thing, you're not going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad state of affairs, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter what everyone else does, but when we look at ourselves, what matters is that each one of us has the ability to step up and take responsibility and help in this new way, and to work co-creatively with Earth in this new way. So it doesn't, we don't have to hold back and say, well, the rest of the world's not doing it, so why should I? When I do it, when each one of us does it, it has a ripple effect and it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, as you say that, it reminds me at the, um, we see um, at the, the climate justice protests and everyone out there demanding change and demanding somebody's got to do something and take care of our planet. Somebody's got to do something. And, and um, people who are concerned about climate change or people who are concerned about environmental degradation and all the, the rallies and um, um, around the world, mm-hmm. people demanding change, demanding government do something or science or corporations do something because we all feel, well, I'm just a little individual. What can I do? Um, I can't do anything. I recycle. I turn off the lights, but nothing more I can do. Um, 
so it's, we all perceive it's the responsibility of someone else. But that's the wonderful thing about this book, Richard. It turns the tables on that whole concept that um, it's somebody else has to do it. Um, it shows us, no, we each as an individual have this innate capability to work co-creatively with the earth. And when we do it, this is where change is created at this simple energetic level. This is where we initiate change. And so we're not dependent on some other country doing it mm-hmm. or some government doing it. No, we, we, there's so much more we can do to heal the earth and instead of doing heal and balance ourselves. And that's the wonderful new doorway that's opened for us through this book is, wow, I can really make a difference. And by starting on this new level of energy work that we're invited to now explore, this new frontier that each one of us can delve into. Yeah. We're talking with Mary McNerney, the author of Earth Speaks Up, and we encourage you to uh, research and investigate us. We always tell you to uh, go to our guest's website, marymcnerney.com. That's M-A-R-Y-M-C-N as in Nancy, E-R-N as in Nancy, E-Y.com. We'll be linked to her website as well so that you can uh, continue the uh, your evolutionary process, as we like to say. When you talk and about the book us, also add Richard, the book is available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble too, so you can get the book online. And too. is it is it an Audible yet? Um, it's no, it's on Kindle now, right. but it's not on an audio. Not audio uh, yet. Okay, well yeah, maybe that'll come. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Yeah, that'll come. When it'll also be coming out in in German too. A German publisher has just um, contacted me and wants to publish it there. So oh, you'll wonderful. have it in English and German. Available fantastic, too, fantastic. So. Well, let me ask you uh, about um, obviously if we do our even if we just do our little part. And mm-hmm. we start tapping into that energy that you talk about. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. But we also have governments, our own and others around the world, who could care less. They're more interested in going to war or fighting mm. for resources or this or that or mm-hmm. the other thing than they are saving, uh, quote unquote, saving the planet. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a part of me that kind of is tapping into, I think, what you are talking about here. And, and the number of people in government and influential positions is such a small percentage. The only problem is they have such a great they can have a such a great influence on the populations. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing is that the populations are saying we don't want to have anything to do with this. We're more concerned about these other issues. I'm, I'm hearing, for example, about, what is it, millennials. They don't want a job, a nine-to-fiver, that is just going to earn them a bunch of money and uh, status and this and that and the other thing. Uh, Quote-unquote, the American dream. They want a job with meaning that has some mm. substance to it, that makes a difference in the world, and they want to work for a company uh, of like mind. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if, you're, if, if I'm understanding, we have to almost 
turn our backs on our government leaders and say, you know, we don't care what you do. We, the 7.9 billion of us, mm-hmm. okay, because maybe there are only, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people in these influential positions there are. Mm-hmm. But again, it's such a, I mean, it's probably less than 1%, maybe, in, you know, one-tenth of 1% of the population. You still have 7.9, 7.89 or whatever it is, per billion people that are that have that collective energy within them to say, no, we don't care what you pass in the way of laws mm-hmm. to benefit you and your old world thinking. We're doing something different. We have here mm-hmm. in Santa Barbara, and I'm sure there are other parts of the world as well, where you have people living in the mountains. All right. And yeah, there are all kinds mm-hmm. of. Uh, laws regarding uh, uh, building structures. You got to get permits for this and that and the other thing. And you go down that long path, you know, mm-hmm. and they say, I don't care. I'm up here in the mountains. No one's coming up here anyway. Nobody cares. So I'm just going to do what I know to do to uh, live my life up here in the way that I want to live it. So I'm thinking that the 7.9 billion are kind of getting to the point where they're saying that's what they're going to do. They're saying, we don't care what the governments tell us. We're 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 going a different direction. Are you hmm. see are you seeing that? Well, you know, it's I, I I'm glad you brought that up, um, Richard, because I like your analogy of how or your comment of how maybe the millennials are looking for more meaning in, in life as opposed to just climbing the corporate ladder. And um and so this kind of makes me think that maybe our society as a whole is really starting to expand our we're starting to expand our mindset and look more expansively at what life is and what our role on this planet is um and wanting to make a difference not just for ourselves but for the greater world the greater planet um so maybe we are engaging sort of in a collective mind shift and that we're not going to follow the dogma of the government and and necessarily and just consume and not care. We're going to start to look at things differently, have an open mind and look at our lives differently and recognize that maybe there is more to life than, yeah, making money and climbing the corporate ladder and whatever else that oh, I have a bigger purpose here on this planet. I have a broader purpose on this planet that I, um, I think what I say is, is um, for so long um, humanity has had the perception that our job is to dominate and control the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in actuality, I think our role always has been to be caretakers of this planet. Um, we are a gift to the planet in that way, and the planet Earth is a gift to us. To have, we are caretakers of her, and she supports us by bringing, giving us, and sustaining us. Um, and so, as you uh, tying in back in with your comment that maybe there is a whole societal mind shift going, starting to open up now, when people are saying, "I'm, I am gonna." think beyond the government dictates, and I am going to think beyond society's um, norms of climbing the corporate ladder. I'm mm-hmm. going to do more for the planet, and, and maybe that's why this book has come about now, to offer people 
hey, here is a new way for you to be in the world. Um, yeah. And, and it's not like, I mean, for me, it, it became so that I did end up leaving my, my corporate work because this became much more my calling in life. But that's not that it has to be that way for everyone. This, what all these things we're talking about are things one can integrate in what your existing daily life. It doesn't require you to, yeah. to, to walk away from the corporate world as I did. Um, but it's all something that can be incorporated in the life we have now. Well, now, you have to... Uh, uh, my, my thoughts are, are, are multifaceted here. As a lawyer... You know, you uh, you defend people who or corporations. I don't know exactly what the law was that you practiced, but the fact of the matter is, is that the judicial system is about the process of of uh, prosecuting individuals or companies, what have you, uh, who have violated different laws. And of course, there are penalties. Say for individuals, there might be a financial penalty, or there also might be an incarceration penalty. And I've often thought about that in this context of the entitlement programs that people, a lot of people, uh, um, are real upset about because, you know, the, the amount of money that is spent on these entitlement programs, which are now uh, a part of a family's almost lineage because they don't have a, they don't believe they have any other choices. So that's all they know is entitlement. And again, there's no judgment. I'm not I'm not saying this disparagingly. Uh, but then you have this legal system uh, that says, OK, uh, you have violated uh, one of our sacred laws. And so you're going to have to spend X number of days, weeks, months, years behind bars inside these walls um, until you have served out that particular period of time. Well, to me, that's an entitlement program. You can call it punishment if you want. But who's paying the bill? The same system is paying the same bill for the entitlement programs as they are for the penal system. I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to make a point here. Mm -hmm. So you have that whole juxtaposition going on where uh, instead of coming up with some other alternative penalty, if you will, that ends up costing the system, collective system, uh, more and more and more, we are not educating ourselves we are not educating our citizenry and i'm not necessarily speaking in the institutional context how to in in this case listen to the earth listen to what she's saying follow the great wisdom sacred teachings that she has to offer through the flora and the fauna uh and so on and so forth and so basically we have we have a, 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 a it's like We've got these juxtaposing dynamics that are going on where our society and our civilization, from my observation, isn't progressed, hasn't progressed one iota in a thousand or five thousand years because we're still doing the same silly stuff that we've been doing. And so your book comes along and talks about a dynamic new perspective on Earth and how uh, and your role in it. So if we're going to change that dynamic that I just described, that not unsustainable dynamic, it really is. It's going mm -hmm. to both of them are going to break down eventually. Mm -hmm. What is our role on Earth with the Earth for the Earth, etc.? And and I think huh, we've got you've got a lot of a lot of. Um, angles and uh, directions in that point, in all these series of points you've Sorry raised about right that. here, Richard. It's a really expansive. 
um, topic you've just broached, and um, I would say, I'll just touch on a couple of them, I would say, um, I, I was... I was never a litigator. I was never engaged in the court, in the okay. um, the fighting aspect of law. I was a uh, uh, did um, contracts and negotiations. I was my work was about bringing people together as opposed to fighting. And um, and I think that parallels what you're saying is that so much of our energy goes into fighting against others whether it's battle energy for a war or battle energy for I'm right, you're wrong, or um, the whole battle energy of this whole justice system, incarcerating people, and all of this. Um, and it's a really, that's a really expansive issue to try and delve into. But I would just kind of step back from that a bit and say, yeah, that's where our society has gotten itself seems to have gotten itself stuck in this fighting battle energy kind of focus. Mm -hmm. And our role, and I think maybe our society is hopefully starting to evolve past that and see past that, that's not where our energy needs to go. That's not whether you're fighting for legal rights or fighting to support others or fighting for climate justice or fighting against um, uh, big, big government or whatever you might be fighting, her energy gets directed and sucked up into the combat mode and the I'm right, you're wrong mode and mm. proving, uh, proving that I'm right. And our society's gotten swept up in that and punishing those who may be wrong whether we incarcerate them or whether we kill them in battle, punishing those who are wrong, who we perceive as wrong. And this is a whole uh, direction our society has gotten off balance. And I think when we can step back and take stock of the concepts and the wisdom and the guidance that are offered in books like Earth Speaks Up and many other books like that, it points us in a new direction. Wow, where do I as an individual want to direct my energy, my attention? Um, and it invites us to step back from that world of battle um, and invites us to step into the world of creation in the world of healing, and the world of working together with nature, with our planet. It invites us to turn ourselves individually and our whole society in an entirely new direction. Once we see, oh, there's this new frontier, this new, this multidimensional world that I didn't see before, but that's inviting me to engage, a planet that's inviting me to engage, a planet and a nature that's inviting me to be with it in a different way. And um, once we can turn our attention to this in this new direction, each of us individually, it has a ripple effect, and that helps us let go of the all-consuming fight and battle energy, which our society has gotten itself wound up in. And that really is is to the place I wanted to go, because 
it is all about this energetic. Now, uh, setting religion and politics aside, back in the 80s, there was a minister, a televangelist uh, named Pat Robertson. And there was a hurricane coming towards, <coughs> and I think he was in um, North Carolina, his, his base of operations, his television studio and so forth. And he and his, his followers were going to pray that God would move this hurricane so it wouldn't do damage to North Carolina in this area, right? And they prayed, mm-hmm. and it moved. Mm-hmm. Now, skeptics would say, well, you know, it may have moved anyway. Well, so what? This is what we're coming down to and what you're talking about in terms of shifting our energy, our focus. I'm not interested in the trauma drama anymore. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I now speak to, I now ask this question and I do it as humbly as I possibly can to people who are still of the old mindset. What is it that you are so afraid of that you must behave this way, that you must speak this way, that you must act this way? What is it that you're so afraid of? Let's, you know, I, I'm not asking you to change. I'm just asking you the question. What are you afraid of? You want to continue behaving that way? Hey, you're a, you're a free agent. You can do whatever you want. I'm just curious as to what you're afraid of. But I'm not going down that road. I'm not a victim. Nobody else did this to me. Uh, I made choices in my life that have put me where I'm at. Uh, and so forth and so on. So... I've, I've heard it put this way, too, that when we are aware of whether it be weather conditions or human conditions, skirmishes and things like this around the world, it's a reflection of what's going on inside of us as individuals, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really good point, Richard. I think that's you've just I think you've just hit it, the nail on the head that what we see in the world outside us is a reflection of who we are societally and individually. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've put it very well. And so how do we... <laughs> I mean, I was... I, 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 here, here we are... Um, and and I, I do have to share this with you, too, because I started a campaign in... The, uh, in I think it was October... September, October of 2019 for 2020... And I have, I personally, <laughs> and, and of course it's a, a big challenge just for myself, let alone others. I personally have declared 2020 the year of perfect vision. And I'm talking about mm. inner vision. And it's mm. about seeing what's really there. I'm not talking about trying to wade through the quote unquote fake news and this and that and the mm-hmm. other thing and the social media garbage and the and mm-hmm. the and, and on and on and on from different institutions. I'm talking about seeing from within self mm. what is really what is real, not what is true, but what is real. What is really important? And I think that your book deals with that. When you talk about Earth speaks up, the Earth is telling us what is real. And it's not mm-hmm. in it. We have, I want you to, to, to talk about how in that context, we are immortal. That which is real within us is immortal. Mm-hmm. It, will, it has been living and will live forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in that context of the temporal world, even of the earth, which may go on for another billion years and then mm-hmm. 
the sun will blow up and everything will be destroyed and then recreated and so forth. Uh, can you talk to us about that aspect of getting in touch with that inner part of ourselves mm-hmm. and what is real? Uh, I love your idea, your concept of this 2020 as the year of perfect vision, that inner vision as well as outer vision. Um, because I think as we clear and open our inner vision, it also helps clear and open our whole physical being, our physical vision, our physical world. Our, our, we're not separate. We shift something in ourselves. It creates a shift outside our, on our, in our bodies and beyond our bodies. Ourselves. And um, in these things you mentioned, I think, um, like everything that's going on in the the world, all, the, all this stuff going on with the government and all these issues that were, were assaulted with in the media and, and, um, and social media and all this combative politics and all this stuff. This is all a, a distraction. It's really capturing our energy. And we have these leaders now that are keeping our, the, our attention and energy focused on them and what they're doing. It's all a distraction. Mm-hmm. to keep our minds busy and occupied and away from our, what our real purpose, our true purpose really is on this planet, to really explore this time of become opening our vision, opening our way of seeing in the world, opening our way of being in the world. <clears throat> and we get so caught up and distracted by what's going on in the material world that we um, lose our connection or have lost our connection to what's real, which is our real purpose here on this planet, to work co-creatively with Earth, with nature, for the benefit of us all, for, the, for our individual benefit, for our individual well-being, our individual healing, and the benefit and healing of everything around us. Um, and we need to be able to see in this new direction, as you say, and maybe it's 2020, and, well, I guess not waiting to 2020. What about starting now, seeing in this new direction, seeing our world in this new way, exploring this new frontier, which is our inner self, our innate, inner connection to the planet, our innate inner connection to our intuitive self, our creative self, our, um, our connection to the multidimensional world, the angelic realm, the nature realm, the spiritual realm, the, the, the trees, the nature consciousness, the animals, the horses, whatever it be around us, connecting in a new way, seeing in a new way, and really exploring that not getting distracted by what's going on in media or what our government's up to now or, or our material world, but delving in and exploring this multidimensional world and this new way of, of being with our planet because it, that's where we'll find the enrichment. That's where our souls will be fed, our minds will be fed, and our, our whole bodies will be nourished once we can step into this this new way of being in the world and see what our purpose really is. 
mm-hmm. not to be distracted by all this stuff going on around us. It's to really step into being and working with our innate creative abilities and our innate ability to attune to Earth and work with her in this rich, dynamic way. Tell me about LifeNet Geomancy. Ha! Huh. Um, well, Geomancy, many people, especially in the U.S., haven't heard about Geomancy. It's a, Geomancy is more a movement or a, uh, in Europe. It's uh, more, more well-known in Europe and, and also in some of the South American countries, Ecuador and, and Australia, too. Um, Geomancy is, let me explain it this way, it's the principle of, um, well, we see ourselves as these physical beings, these physical bodies, but we also know we are much more than that. We know we are body, mind, and spirit. We all recognize that. Um, But geomancy is the concept of recognizing that our planet Earth is much more than this physical form. Our planet Earth is also body, mind, and spirit, as is everything around us. All of nature is body, mind, and spirit. This tree in your yard is not just this physical form. It is that body, but it also is consciousness and spirit, too. So geomancy is that, is that concept of recognizing the earth and all of nature is body, mind, and spirit, just as you and I are. We're all that essence. And um, LifeNet Geomancy is uh, a worldwide um, group of people who take time um, to get together and several times a year or, or even different groups around the world get together daily or every week, a month, and but um, some of us get together several times a year and take put time aside in our schedules to work, consciously spend a week together working with the earth on the energetic level. And we get together, we all do that, you know, each in our daily lives, those of us who are engaged in these um, practices. But when we get together as a LifeNet Geomancy group um, and work together, it kind of... Um, we all learn from each other, and it nourishes us all to do it, to do this work together. Um, so that's what LifeNet Geomancy is. It's a loose-knit organization of people around the world who are really engaged in working with Earth in this, in this co-creative way. There is, a, there is a spiritual aspect to all of this, isn't there? I mean that's yes, that's the, yes. the the core, if you will. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. Well, but isn't there at the core of everything? Isn't there spirit? Spirit is life force. Spirit is our life force that runs through all of us, runs through each of us as individuals. The life force is our spirit essence, and that spirit essence runs through everything on the planet, and. Um, some some cultures see spirit as just in your church or in your synagogue, and that's all well and good. But spirit is also beyond that. The spiritual life force is all around us. 
we don't have to just go into our church or our mosque or whatever to connect with with the spiritual realm or spiritual dimension because that run that is the life force running through everything um and but you don't even have to this is not about connecting or disconnecting from any particular spiritual tradition or any any essential religion this um what we do is um what this work with nature is um perhaps honoring the spiritual essence that is all around us but it doesn't negate or require any traditional um spiritual background it just um this is who we are as humans um working together with our life force our life essence in a more expansive way um not just restricting it to the time we may spend in church um it's part of our daily life um here on this um, sacred planetary being. It is, uh, without a doubt, for some, uh, a, a great challenge. One of the challenges that I find, uh, uh, mental challenges more than anything else, and sometimes emotional, is the dynamics that exist, not just in this country, but around the world over a lot of different issues pick one and you have opposing sides and those sides would wish the other side would just disappear so that we would then live in a utopia. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, that doesn't work. You, you mm-hmm. can't, can't get rid of the other side because you're basically saying if only my dark side didn't exist, well then you wouldn't be who you are. I don't know what you'd be, but you wouldn't be who you are today. <laughs> and it's all about that wonderful, uh, I guess it's a Native American story about the boy who asks uh, about these, uh, this, uh, this elder about these two wolves, you know, and you got the black wolf and the white wolf, you know, and, and they're getting ready to go to battle. And he says, well, the son says, the boy says, which one's going to win? He says, depends on which one you feed. And, uh, uh, and um, that doesn't mean that the black wolf goes away. Mm-hmm. It just means you don't feed the black wolf. Uh, and yet, at the same time, when I look out in nature, I don't see that dynamic. I don't see that dualism. I just see what is. Take a look at, I, I use this analogy of the macro and the microcosm. You look through the Hubble telescope and you see the universe spinning around and all kinds of things are happening, right? And what do we say? We say, ooh, ah, wow, pretty cool. And even on the microcosmic level, we do the same thing. We're looking at subatomic particles. We have a giant super collider uh, in Europe that spins these protons around and is trying to accomplish something. And they're going, wow, this is pretty neat. What, a, what an invention and what a concept and, and, and on and on and on. But then when we look at our world at our level, there is no ooh and ah. There's ah and woohoo. You know, I mean, it's it's like... There is no dualism in the universe. It, it, it's just what is. Uh, we're, we're, we did a series in uh, January uh, about uh, clarity, to, uh, chaos to clarity. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, in, uh, it, it, some scientists have talked about and even philosophers have talked about uh, how there is order even in chaos. Mm. Ergo, there's no dualism. It is what it is. And so mm-hmm. when we start taking a look at our lives as individuals and we start taking a look at those 
you know, those little things that, you know, would bother us. Maybe, oh, I overdrew my checking account or I made a mistake at work or I banged the car up and this. And we get all emotional about it. It's like, you know what? That's just what is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have emotions. It's not what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I'm saying that we have to have a different different perspective that you're talking about. I really feel that that's kind of what you're talking about is we need to get out of that dynamic of because being right or being wrong makes us feel a particular way, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we need to get out of that dynamic and say we just need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just need to be. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know. I like the way you put that, Richard. It's like, it's, um, but in especially the, the parable of the two wolves, which one am I going to feed? Which one am I going to, yeah. what am I going to put my energy toward? Yeah. 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 And, but they're both going to, to exist but, regardless. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not like I, I sure as heck, I sure as heck go about my day and get pissed off at this or upset at that or whatever. <laughs> but in the big picture, what are we going to step back and say, where am I in the big picture going to provoke, prom- direct my energy and my attention? Yeah. What, are, what am I going to prioritize? Yeah. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about, am I going to f- get sucked into, f- into this frenzy that's going on with our government stuff right now, which yeah. is upsetting to all of us, sure. or many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can just wrap our energy up in that. Oh. And it doesn't mean, yeah, I, I sure still get upset, but I also remember to step back and say, wait a second, where is my energy going? I'm, I'm feeding it into that. Whoa. I got to stop and redirect my energy. I'm going to step back and and just redirect my attention to even just even just doing little things like not listening to I'm going to step and redirect my attention out I see this beautiful tree outside and giving that positive energy feeling that flow and that admiration for that tree outside or I can step in and do an ex- one of these simple 2 minute exercises 3 minute exercises in the Earth speaks up book that Redirect my, redirects my energy and my attention into something creative and positive. And that's kind of like a little, um, a little chore, a little tactic we can each do throughout the day is step back, wait, where's my energy going? Something creative or something in, toward battle or destructive? Yeah. And once we redirect our energy, redirect our attention, it gets a flow going. It, and that mm-hmm. has a ripple effect. It, it, in essence, we stop feeding that black wolf, that dark wolf. Yeah. We start letting our energy feed something um, that's supportive. Yeah. I, I think... And this, stuff, and this stuff makes a difference. That's the main principle our society doesn't realize, is that where we put our energy and attention matters. It makes a difference. Because we're so stuck on focusing on the physical realm... We don't pay attention to the underlying energetic realm, which is the foundation for the, our physical world. Yeah, and it's it's easier, of course, easier said than done. But again, you have these wonderful exercises, and I want to mm-hmm. throw in here. Um, but you know, Richard, I'm going to interrupt you right there. 
Because that's what we all say. We all think it's easier said than done because we're in a habit. Ah. We're in a pattern. And that's why it's easier <laughs> said than Because it's easier just replaying our usual pattern, our yeah. usual habit. Changing a habit, is, that's, the, that's difficult, you know, a little bit of transition. It's changing mm-hmm. that pattern, changing mm-hmm. that habit. But once we do, then it becomes easier. I've heard it said, I, I, I don't know what the number is, but I've heard it said it takes 30 days to really ingrain a habit, 21 days, whatever it takes, that's exactly right. Uh, I remember uh, uh, years ago, I used to think about this in the context of uh, brushing my teeth, and I don't have time every morning to do I can't work that into my schedule. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about going, okay, now wait a minute. You have an alarm that you set and you get up in the morning either by the alarm or by the animals and you go feed them. And then you go let the chickens out of the coop and you feed them. And then you do this and you do that. What the heck do you think you're doing? You're on a schedule already. So just incorporate that into your schedule. What's the big deal? Mm -hmm. It takes three minutes. Okay. And that's really that's really kind of what it comes down to. Speaking Mm -hmm. of that, where. Uh, it's kind of hard to put a, a, a number value on imp- of importance, but tell us about the importance in this context that we're speaking right now of meditation. Huh. Um, you know, I think probably other people who can speak more, you know, have written books or expounded more comprehensively on meditation than I than I have, than I do, or that I, because I'm, I'm, I, you know, I always think, oh, meditation is something I should do, you know, it's here, it should do it 20 minutes a day, and all that, and, and I think that's really good, and I never really changed my habit to do that, but what, for me, what I found is, for me, the meditation is not sitting at home and, and, and meditating on a mantra, when I go out and walk in the woods, for me, that becomes meditation. My mind shifts. My mind shifts into that quiet space. Um, and that's an easier type of meditation for me, to let the mind settle by being in nature. But each person has their own way of um, kind of letting their mind settle and, when, and let the, letting the thoughts drop because the thoughts, we can get swept up in thought patterns, too, and that can be a distraction. And when we can meditate or, for me, walking in nature or just being quiet, um, when we can let our mind settle, that's where these new possibilities open and these new um, ideas can, can come to us where we can also start to um, engage our intuitive self, which we all have, but which our society has kind of um, suppressed or stymied or um, kind of like shut off. We think only the rational logical is worthy, but we have our whole um, intuitive side, which really is something that needs to be nurtured and expanded and which leads us in amazing new directions. Um, so all of that can be part of um, the way we engage with the world in a new way um, to recognize, oh, I have these other abilities beyond my logic, beyond my rational, um, that have just been kind of suppressed by our society or by our educational system and negated, but maybe being in meditation or walking in nature or 
engaging and engaging with um, the information and guidance in our Speaks Up will um, help us nurture and expand and move into that, that new frontier within ourselves. Well, it is uh, certainly more than just food for thought. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's literally yeah. a banquet here uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, of what you are bringing to the table through this wonderful little work called Earth Speaks Up, dynamic new perspectives on Earth and your role here. And we encourage you to pick up Mary uh, McNerney's book and go to her website as well, MaryMcNerney.com, which we, as I said before, will be linked to. This is, uh, uh, there's no question that this program is designed to bring new perspectives, new ideas to the table. Uh, I use this analogy. There's this circle made up of points and there's this event taking place in the center of the circle. And this radio program's goal, if you will, is to step on as many of those points on that circle as is possible to get as broad a perspective of that event as is possible Mm. so as to be able to uh, make decisions in in our lives, maybe based upon that event, maybe because of or in spite of that event. Uh, and so on and so forth, whatever that is happening in the center of the circle. Uh, It has been said that um, if 10 people witness a car accident, guess what? You get 10 different perspectives. Mm. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get 10 different perspectives on how to move forward as a society, as a civilization, as a species, Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, at the same time, be, be in harmony with with the rest of the world. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not impossible. That's one of the things I find so fascinating. Uh, you know, world peace. Uh, it's impossible only from the standpoint that if we don't have peace within ourselves, forget about world peace because mm-hmm. we don't have inner peace. Mm-hmm. But if we have inner peace, and we're not talking about capitulation, we're not talking about, I mean, there are always going to be the need for the hunter-gatherers. And mm-hmm. there's always going to be the need for the nurturers. <laughs> Okay, from from a primitive perspective, it's going to be different. It's going to look different. We're always going to need those creatives. We're going to need the the brawny people. We're going to need the brainy people. We're going and all of that. That's always still going to need all of that. But there are different ways for us to approach it. And that's kind of what this program's about. And that's why I like what you've shared with us here on the program today about uh, about listening to the earth. And uh, to, to one final point in that regard, I've heard it said, if you can find, and I know that it, it's hard, but I know that there are places where you can go where it's totally, there is not a sound and you can actually hear and or perceive the tone, the vibration, the sound of the earth. I'm not talking about nature. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Richard, what I will share with you and with all the listeners is that you don't have to go to these special places. Um, this place is right here where you are now. It, the earth is continually communicating and expressing and giving forth her vibration to all of us. 
we don't have to go somewhere special. The special place is right here, right now, in your own home. Mm. You can connect and attune to the earth. You don't, you don't even have to go outside because the earth's vibration is so strong and so clear. Once you're aware that you're able to connect with her in this way, you can connect and attune and sense and feel and hear the earth vibration and her communication from wherever you are. We don't have to go to special places. It's right here with us all the time. We just haven't been aware of it, so we haven't been attuning and listening. And what this book is about is to show us, hey, listen here, be here now, where you are. I, Earth, am continually communicating with you. And so that's why this book is a gift to us from Earth, to show us, yeah, you can, do, you can listen to me here now. Um, mm. So it's always present with us. And that's the wonderful thing, that um, we can all learn to do this from where we are now. And this book shows us how to begin, how to begin. I would encourage you to begin uh, reading Earth Speaks Up, and Mary McNerney has been my guest here on the program. Mary, I thank you so much for sharing your new perspective, the new perspective from Earth Speaks Up, dynamic new perspective on Earth and your role here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is fantastic. I, I, I hope that we have a chance to uh, to continue this conversation. Obviously, there's more to talk about. Um, and yes, there is that uh, that one aspect earlier in the program of a very complex question that I put forth uh, of, of our, our dynamics uh, of institutions and so forth. Uh, but at the same time, it's all very simple. It really is mm. very simple. It doesn't take much. And yeah. uh, all we have to do is start. Yeah. And you put it so well, Richard. You just put it so well. Yeah. It really is far simpler than than we've ever imagined. Well, we before I, before I let you go, first of all, mm-hmm. invite you to uh, Santa Barbara. Should you ever be in the area, mm-hmm. be in the neighborhood, we'd love to have you in studio. Oh, or for okay. that matter, I've even mm-hmm. offered this: that if uh, you come into Santa Barbara, grab a couple of beach chairs or something. We'll go out to the uh, to the beach. We'll uh, take my little digital recorder and mm-hmm. we'll we'll do the interview out there, right in the middle ah. of uh, right in the middle of nature, as it were. I really, I've done that before, and it's uh, really an extraordinary experience. Ah, I bet it would be. That would be a fabulous experience. So, yes, Richard, thank you for that invitation. I hope to be able to take you up on it. Yeah. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Well, before we let you go, I have three final questions. But I do want to remind our listeners uh, that uh, you want to go to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, and a whole bunch of other places, uh, as well as uh, uh, go to uh, Mary's website, marymcnerney.com. As I said before, we will be linked to her website. And uh, also get involved in whatever way you feel led to in the year of perfect vision. Uh, It goes on for 365 days, folks. So please, uh, you know, uh, seek out that uh, inner guidance, that inner vision to guide you through. I'm doing the best I can. I get distracted like everybody else. I haven't got it down. Uh, I've even asked that question of some of our our, uh, some of our guests in the past who have written these wonderful books of the steps, these X number of steps to this, that, or the other thing. And I say, so have you made it? And they say, no. 
but I'm working on it. <laughs> it's all a process. It's all that's a process it. for all of us. That's yeah. it. That's for it. Right all of there. us, it's a process. I'm still working on it. That's for sure. Absolutely. So. Well, Mary, the first question I have for you of the three is, who is Mary McNerney? Oh, Richard, <laughs> that's a really expansive question. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've given you just this uh, pers- one perspective of myself in this, in this, um, in our podcast here. My connection to the earth, the earth and Earth speaks up. But beyond that, I'm just yeah, I'm just an ordinary person like everyone else. So, and I love horses, and I love my husband and my family. So yeah, that's okay. Who I am. Mm-hmm. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Oh, through this work that I'm doing now with with really with the book Earth Speaks Up, and I really, I really want the information in this book to move out into the world because, in for, I want to share this with, with the world and with, with, you know, everyone to show, it was this was information that was given to me to be shared, and that's what. I feel my purpose is right now to share this information so we can all begin to engage with Earth in this new way, which will be so wonderful and so exciting to join up with more and more of us working in this way with Earth. Hmm. Final question. What is your life's purpose? Hmm. That's a really expansive question. I mean, I can see there's not, like, one life's purpose. Don't we all have, like, a multidimensional purpose depending on what we're engaged in and who we're engaged with? Um, So this is my calling for right now, um, promoting, you know, conveying this book into the world. But I guess at the base of it, what is our purpose but to bring forth the vibration of who we are into the world, the vibration of our goodness and what we have to share, bringing that, I think maybe that's the essential purpose. What is the vibration we're bringing forth into the world while we are here? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I, yeah, that's what I like Okay. Kind of an expansive way to look at the question, but it's not like I can frame it into one particular aspect of my life because our lives are so so expansive and multidimensional and basic and physical and day to day and I understand. Well, I thank you so much again for giving us so much time here on the program, sharing your concepts and ideas through the work that you're doing uh, through your website, marymcnerney.com, as well as the book Earth Speaks Up. And again, we thank you for uh, talking with us today. Thank you so much, Richard. It's really been my pleasure. I'm Richard Dugan. This has been Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until next time, love to lull.